to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast brought to you Hi. by Legacy.com. Justin and I are here to recap all of the exciting news from this past week in the world of video games. Justin, how are we doing today? I am fabulous. I realized I hadn't done that in a really long time. So. <laughs> I was prepared. My training is coming handy. Let's figure after 260 plus episodes of recording together that... Um, I'd be used to your antics by now, but somehow they still surprise me. <laughs> I got to do something every once in a while. I can't just do the eye candy, Steven. I have to Man. I have to produce something. I'm waiting for the day where you just do the complete opposite, where you say nothing all podcasts. And then <laughs> at the very end, when I'm doing the clothes, you say hi and start to ramble on about nothing. Sure. That is possible. You know, reverse engineering type of situation. I like it. So first story we're going to talk about today is E3, which has been kind of a I don't want to say a hot topic per se, but something that people have been talking about for a couple of years about how do you rebrand this convention when some of the major players don't even want to attend the convention. We obviously had the cancellation last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And according to Los Angeles City documents, E3 2021's physical event has officially been canceled Uh, as part as spotted by VGC, a new report published by the board of Los Angeles Convention and Tourism Development Commission. That's a mouthful states that the E3 2021 live event is canceled and that the city is, quote, working with the production team on broadcast options at L.A. Live slash L.A. C.C. Furthermore, it's working with the ESA on licenses for both 2022 and 2023 which falls the confirmation that E3 would still be happening and that they're transforming the E3 experience for 2021. So uh, a spokesperson said, quote, we can confirm that we are transforming the E3 experience for 2021 and we'll soon share exact details on how we're bringing the global video game community together. We are having great conversations with publishers, developers and companies across the board, and we look forward to sharing details about their involvement soon, end quote. So worth noting, E3 themselves have yet to officially come out to say, yeah, it's not happening, but sounds like it just most definitely is not happening. And I mean, unfortunately, it's rightfully so with everything that's going on in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100 percent. I know that. I mean, I'm pretty far on the list to be vaccinated, so I'm not going to go anywhere or do anything until I'm vaccinated. So <laughs> I have to imagine that I'm not in the minority and that it would just be you know, a fruitless effort if they try to do something like that. And it would be, I would go so far as to call it irresponsible. Uh, Even in a normal E3 or Comic-Con or any major convention, I have a hard time trusting that the other person two feet in front of me has even washed their hands or brushed their teeth or put on deodorant (laughs) in that particular morning. I can't trust 50,000 some odd people to be wearing masks and social distance in something like this, especially when it's a video game convention, you're going to be touching the same controller that every other jackhole has been touching and snotting all over all day. Oh, I know. It's so gross. I mean, how many times have we gone where we don't even put the headphones on? We're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, just let me just wipe this thing down really fast. You know, you got your, your Lysol wipes wiped down the controller because no one else seems to care or do it. So it's just pretty gross. It's grimy oh. and nasty. I always carried at least three bottles of Purell on me, <laughs> yeah. no matter no matter what I t- even if you and I like hugged and shook hands, I'm still scrubbing that all over just just to be safe. Yeah, yeah drink it. See, exactly. Get it into your pores. That's uh, the best way to clear everything up. Right. Drink and the bleach. don't drink the, the bleach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the folks that put on E3, uh, they do charge like an arm and a leg to 
rent out space. And uh, then there's also, you know, paying all the union guys to put the booths together. It is a, a very uh, expensive event to put on. And uh, it's just it's just not worth it for companies to, to do it this day and age, especially when you can have your own digital event that everyone's going to tune into. And um, it's just I think it's just better business that way. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk about Sony's state of play here in a minute. But with what they're doing, Nintendo directs, even if you look at BlizzCon, how they normally would do kind of a virtual experience on these conventions. Obviously, there's still the option to go there, but you can watch it from home for a reduced price. There's definitely a lot of options out there. Um, I still can kind of definitely see E3 this year being almost like what the video game awards are just this big three hour presentation, different segments of whoever wants to go out there. But again, a lot of big players over the past years have stated that they just have no intention of being there anymore because they can get more value doing their own thing two days before E3, you know, the undercut of the year. Sure. I mean, I think most of us tune into all the big conferences anyway, and then just watch whatever footage we can of things. It's it's actually better. I realized that at some point in our journey over the last 10 years, the uh, uh, light switch flipped to where it was just easier to cover and more convenient from these just sitting on our sofas as opposed mm-hmm. to actually being there running from appointment to appointment, going to the conferences, uh, having to make time to type up stuff. It was just exhausting. Whereas when it was right in front of us on a TV, it was super simple and easy and accessible. So uh, I'm all for it. Um, I know that all of us tune into the events, whether it be you know, like your Microsoft, your Bethesda, your Ubisoft, PlayStation, whatever. Um, that's just kind of my cup of tea at this point. Um, I'm way more fond of that than than some behind the scenes closed door meeting with hands off where you can't touch anything, can't do anything. You just got to watch a video for five minutes and they won't even answer any questions because it's still too top secret. So it's like, all right, well, thanks for wasting my time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I will say, you know, you and I have covered a couple of E3s and running from appointment to appointment is definitely an experience. Uh, It's not an easy experience experience is absolutely tiresome and again as you mentioned going from 10 a.m to 6 p.m running around meeting all these different people having to drive home and then all right i have to compile 17 different articles because i met 17 different people and played 17 different games a day having to do all that in um, a one-day turnaround is a challenge i was one of those masochists who enjoyed every single second of it uh, especially because the encounters that i had just it's really cool getting to meet some of these people and whether they're the marketing side the actual developers themselves or anything like that it's just really cool having a face-to-face with okay cool so you're the person putting these games together and you know having that experience and sharing that with them many of these people i still uh interact with on twitter to this day we are still followers of one another yeah so that's kind of cool networking baby networking exactly you gotta get your name out there, sweetheart. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be a Drop star? flyers from the from the ceiling there. Be like, yeah, Stephen K. James. On the mail. Hit me up via email. Surprised you didn't go back to my SKJY2K2000. <laughs> I know it's too complicated. <laughs> I'm getting old. I can't remember all the letters and numbers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was random that you just made it up every single time. But I always it just, enjoyed it. It went with the year. It was always just it changed every year. So there you have it. And I, I don't know how the numbers work, if it's still the same, if it's still Y2K 
21. <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> Just go Roman numerals. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Either way, E3, it's always a fun celebration of video games, but uh, again, I'm I'm okay with it not being a physical event and it just being broadcast right to my my television set, as it were. Yeah. So, do you think we're going to see just all right, Tuesday? Here's Microsoft at 10 a.m. Here's Ubisoft at 2 p.m. or whoever's actually going to be at it. But do you feel like we're just going to have dedicated times to log on to YouTube and Twitch and there you go? There's E3 for the week. Yeah, I think so. That makes the most sense. I mean, it would uh, I would suggest that they have some sort of uh, synergy involved to where each one has their own little time to do it. So there's no competing schedules and things of that nature. Uh, But yeah, usually it's like a a EA thing on us on Saturday and Microsoft and Bethesda on Sunday and um, Sony on and, and Ubisoft on Monday, I think is how it usually goes. So and either way, I don't care. I'm I'm sure it'll be fine and amazing. They'll all have their own little things and pre-recorded videos and terrible scripts and what have you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always awkward. But at the same time, I think it's way better than some rando going up on a stage and trying to connect with the audience when you know, they don't really have public speaking experience and you can tell they're nervous. And I mean, I would be nervous, but and I talk all day long, so I can't even imagine what it would be like in front of all those people. Yeah. And also to fill in those gaps, I mean, your IGNs, your polygons, your game radar, whoever, you know, insert news outlet here that covers video games for a living. They always have these elongated presentations of, OK, cool. So we saw xyz at this presentation here's one of the developers behind xyz and they'll they usually do live gameplay demonstrations or go into bigger in depth about why the game is the way it is what changes they made so there's a lot of supplementary information that goes into it so you're right i definitely think you can experience e3 without experiencing e3 right right no totally and and the news will trickle in for uh, probably two or three weeks there's always a ton of content to go over and, you know, we always talk about the console games, but I brought this up before and PC games, there's a million of them that don't get any sort of attention. So it would be really cool if, let's say, uh, Valve or Epic Game Store or or one of these PC platforms did something for all the amazing games that are available that not a lot of people get to hear about. Just have Gabe Newell go up there. Half-Life 3 yeah. and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's all that he, hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> doesn't even need to confirm anything. He just needs to say the words and people are going to go crazy. I know. I do think that would be a good idea, though. Uh, considering the, the library that these platforms boast, they might as well take the time to introduce fans to some of these games. But yeah, that's just that's just my opinion. What can you do? <laughs> And if you watch, maybe you get some sort of special badge or some DLC or something cool. I don't know. People are into that sort of thing. Yeah, that's one skin. We're wearing an E3 t-shirt or something like that. God, Fortnite. (laughs) You know, it's funny um, having a conversation with some other friends because they the Xenomorph from Alien is now in Fortnite. Uh, Master Chief is in it. The Mandalorian and Grogu. 
are featuring it. DC superheroes, Marvel superheroes. Do you feel like the marketing and the integration of these characters into Fortnite is really just keeping them afloat? I mean, obviously, this is one of the more popular games that people are playing right now. But if I can go four weeks, if I can go four days without hearing the word Fortnite, it's a miracle. And I keep hearing it just because the newest thing is, oh, Master Chief, that's the character from Fortnite, right? Like you're you have these, <laughs> you have this new wave of game players who don't know who some of these characters are because they're just too young and they haven't experienced these new titles, which is kind of fascinating when you think about it. Right. No, I know. I mean, I, I on one hand, I think it's really cool because it's kind of like a, a ready player one sort of experience where you can have all these different characters from different franchises together battling it out. But uh, on the other hand, it does make business sense too. If, if you had a company and you had an opportunity to get some sort of supplemental revenue by throwing a character into a video game that otherwise wouldn't have any room in that space, it seems like a really good idea. Strike while the iron's hot. And honestly, Fortnite's been around for a couple of years now, and it just it's it's I feel like it's going to be around forever. I, I I have no idea if it will be, but. It just keeps continuing to grow momentum and everyone's playing and there's more and more people on the planet playing every single day. And I I don't even I wouldn't even know how to play Fortnite if I turned it on right now. I still <laughs> you and I are so disconnected from it that it just wouldn't even work. We would get murdered in five seconds. And, and and I get it. I think it's fantastic that so many people are playing this game. But I'm just going to stick to my my Dark Souls and and my Mario Brothers and I'm good enough. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, you're right. You, you're right. There is there is this this whole new generation that will have no idea where these characters came from. It's like They're Master Chief is from Fortnite, and that's yeah. sad, but also not entirely their fault. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. I mean, if these kids aren't playing Halo games, then how are they going to know this stuff? And the next Halo game is at least a year away at this point. It could be delayed further, just depending on how production is going with uh, the stay at home and COVID-19 and everything. But yeah, I will say for me as well, the reason why I bought soul caliber two on the GameCube was because link was in it and I could have bought it for any other console. I had GameCube. I had PlayStation two. I don't, I might've had the Xbox at that point, but I'm not sure, but I specifically bought it on this console because of this character that I feel a strong attachment to. And you know, the day where link Mario and Bowser get announced for Fortnite. Maybe I'm going to download the game and try it out for 10 seconds, but I guarantee the experience isn't going to last any longer than that, regardless. Right. It is crazy, too, because, I mean, it, at the end of the day, you're shooting your opponents and just violence in video games, but it's OK because it's cartoony. You mm -hmm. know, I remember when I was working at Target and a, and a mother was concerned about uh, a Halo game. She's like, isn't that violent? I'm like, oh, you do have you know weapons and you're shooting monsters and aliens but you're not really shooting other people when you're playing by yourself and she's like oh i guess that's okay <laughs> so i mean she was able to justify that killing aliens is better than killing humans in her in her mind to the so, point where it was okay for her kid to play depending on how deep you look into that that's even more disturbing but <laughs> that's a whole nother argument that we're not even going to touch yeah <clears throat> yeah that's really that's a really interesting point and i recently read somewhere that i think in detroit uh there was a city council member who's trying to ban the sale of all violent video games particularly because somebody committed a grand theft auto crime and so <laughs> there's that whole link into it we've had this discussion so many times sure on the podcast the 
link or lack thereof connection between violent video game sales and violent outbursts amongst people in the real world. But it's um, yeah, it's just funny where the justification is and isn't for some people. Right. I know it's like it's it's so frustrating. What was I? It was like, you know, what what impact, if any, does playing violent video games have on a, a human being, whether it be a child or an adult? And it's like, well, I learned it from this video game. And it's like, oh, OK, that's fine. Whatever you say, guy, <laughs> you know, the difference between right and wrong. Just like uh, with with the the failed uh, coup and insurrection on the Capitol, you know, mm-hmm. people are saying, well, Trump told me to do it. And then now judges and people are shutting them down like, well, no. You know, you knew it's on you. And it's like, okay, well, there goes your goddamn video game argument. <laughs> yeah. If it can be applied there, it can be applied everywhere. Places. Yeah, exactly. You know, and another one, that, another one that I was thinking about too is there's whenever something tragic happens to someone on a physical level, there's always the argument of, well, what was the person wearing and what were they wearing to justify these heinous crimes and actions? against them i would not last five minutes in a court setting or in a political setting like that because if that argument was ever thrown in my direction my response would always be well you're not wearing a helmet so that invites me to take a baseball bat and slap you upside the head (laughs) once or twice not wearing shin guards so i can kick you in the shins like if you can apply that that really stupid argument here then let's apply let's also apply to other places i know it's so terrible people are the worst Uh, political tangent i wasn't expecting that on this show Hate everyone. Rob, 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 Anyway, uh, so there you have it. E three canceled, kind of, but not really. At least a live event. Who knows where it'll be in the digital space? And speaking of digital space, we did get a state of play from Sony on Thursday. It was a lot of fun. Got to see some interesting games revealed. And um, I know towards the end of it, I I could hear you scream all the way over at my house. So that's exciting news. But it was kicked off with Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time PS5 upgrade. And with that comes 4K at 60 frames per second. You got the haptic feedback on the PS5 controller, which will be relatable in into the game. Uh, transfer save data over, which is also cool. And no word if transfer or update will be an additional cost. The game looked cool. I don't. I haven't played a Crash Bandicoot since the that remaster that came out. <laughs> I haven't played it since Crash Bandicoot Three. <laughs> right. It's been a while. We're terrible at, at the Crash. They're mm-hmm. actually really hard games. Yeah, you and I are, I think we're uh, big champions of having Crash in Smash Brothers, having Crash make a return in any capacity. He comes back and I'm just like, oh, call my bluff, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I have I have, yeah, the the remastered edition and I have a Funko Pop of Crash. And that is the extent of my Crash. And I'm not want the, I still just want the giant costume in Super Smash Brothers. Sure. Yelling at people with the megaphone. With the megaphone, just whacking them with it. <laughs> That'd be <kinda> cool. <laughs> or maybe even uh, make that a stage where he's just in the background screaming at people. Yeah, and taking swags. And like maybe the little van will drive by and run people over. That'd be cool. There too. you go. Now we're talking. Moving on, we got to look at uh, Returnal, which was a game that we saw during the PlayStation 5 reveal, I believe. At least the game's reveal. Uh, it's a third-person action game. Jet Force, Gemini vibes. Uh, the game changes every time you die. It sort of has that that roguelike, roguelike vibe. 
and it'll be available April 30th. And this is a PS5 exclusive, mind you. Uh, yeah, this one looked really interesting, uh, particularly they showed going into a room, you get rinsed by a couple of bosses. Okay, you reset, you go up into that same room. Now the bosses are gone and that room is completely changed. So it definitely looks like this really adaptive experience that is going to change for each individual. So that part alone, I think, is kind of fun. Just oh, so when you got to this boss, like how what led up to that? It's like, oh, well, I had zero combat. But you're saying, oh, no, I had like a horde mode of 15,000 creatures coming at me before that thing. So that that part, I think, is really exciting and really cool to check out. I'm all for it. I like it when games mix things up a bit. Mm -hmm. It can be. I mean, it's going to go one of two ways. You're gonna really going to love it or you're going to hate it and curse the game and never play it again. <laughs> well, I think it's a also- uh, fun challenge, I suppose. Yeah. And I think it's just, like I said, it's the experience portion. Uh, Skyrim, a game that you and I both played over and over again. You know, we can talk about the different experiences that we've had. Oh, so what type of character did you choose? How did you handle these situations? And it's kind of fun to discuss that element versus, say, a halo game which is oh so what'd you do to that enemy i shot it in the head oh yeah me too okay there's your experience (laughs) (laughs) right no totally that makes perfect sense so we'll have to you'll have to tell me how that goes if you end up playing it since you are the 50 percent of this podcast has a ps5 the other has the series x there you go so i will let you know know how my experience is (laughs) perfect can't wait uh moving on we had knockout city I'm uh, going to knock out city, going to have some fun. And this is a team based dodgeball looking game where you can even curl up into a little ball yourself and get thrown at somebody. I don't know how much fun I would have playing this game. I imagine it would be fun with friends, but I wouldn't really for me personally. This isn't something that I would want to have some sort of uh, pug and play with randos. I would definitely have to be with my buddies when I played this. This is actually coming out on May 21st. The beta is available now. We saw this game during the most recent Nintendo Directs, but we saw a much more elongated look at it, including some of the more mechanics and how the game works. Like you said, you yourself can be the ball. So <laughs> Patches O'Houlihan is probably hissing in his wheelchair somewhere if right. you were to see that. But you can sign up for the beta available on their website now. And we have the... A little hamster tube type things that people can go in. <laughs> it's kind of a fun <laughs> traversing element it's bright it. it's colorful it's you know stimulating yeah. it'll be fun uh then you have sifu which is sort of this uh stylish asian combat game when i looked like a bunch of uh, uh reminded me of like asian action films where they're just beating the shit of each other and kicking folks to the face and and like the raid kind of thing mm-hmm. uh looks kind of fun i don't know uh we, i don't think anybody knows much about it at this point but um definitely looks cool we saw the trailer. We saw that it's coming in 2021, and that was it. Yeah. Moving on, we have uh, the fine folks over at Heart Machine. They're the ones that brought you uh, Hyperlight Drifter, and they are now hard at work on Solar Ash. This is a colorful action game that relies on simple, fluid combat and platforming as you guide its protagonist on a quest to save her strikingly animated planet. And that'll come out later this year on PS4 and PS5. And it was right about this time that I was like, all these games are very stylish and cartoony and just different. They're not like your normal Call of Duty realistic looking games. They're everyone sort of cleansing their color palette, as it were, and 
being very, very creative with the games that are, that are coming out this year, which I thought was refreshing. Yeah. I, it's very difficult to explain because when I look at this, I think that's a video game. It's very bright. It's very cut. Like you said, it's animated. Uh, it's just visually stimulating. But then again, you can look at something like the newest Call of Duty where it's super realistic and think, wow, this is crazy that this is a video game. To me, like this is how I want my games to look super bright, super colorful. And just, you know, I want my I want my room to illuminate mm-hmm. when I'm playing it. I don't need these uh, dark lens flares and hard to see situations. Right. <laughs> like, I know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just staring at the sun in this game. It's not that cool. Uh, whereas these ones are a lot of fun and fluid and, and it's uh, it goes a long way. It's uh, I, as I say, it's, I think it's refreshing. I like to play something that's different every now and then. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of your favorite franchises, five nights at Freddy's, <laughs> <laughs> we have security breach. Now, uh, this is a franchise that I've never been able to really get behind. And I always find it fascinating that they have toys at Target and it's just kind of weird. It has that sort of haunted Chuck E. Cheese animatronic vibe going and has never really been my cup of tea, but I feel like there's at least five different games, maybe even more at this point. And, um, it's definitely for you horror folks out there. You know, it is, a, it is an atmospheric game about evading animatronic robots in a children's entertainment center. So, I mean, there you have it. Chuck E. Cheese is shutting down. They are shuttered. Now you get to go in after hours and uh, and try not to die. <laughs> the vibe on this one is a little different because a traditional Five Nights at Freddy's, you're in a static location and checking cameras and all that stuff. Uh, this one kind of had more of a Resident Evil vibe. To it. it looks like there was a lot more exploration and maybe even some puzzles to figure out. Um, I'm still terrified at the notion of this animatronic creature just hunting me down in any way, shape or form. And then um, on top of that, there were photos that came out this past week where somebody found one of those Chuckies from Chuck E. Cheese out in the middle of the desert in a landfill. Just a full animatronic one that was like ripped open and it just, I don't know, looked like something out of the Terminator series coming back to haunt you and... <laughs> I don't know. Big no, thank you, sir. Big no, thank you. Yeah, that's a pass. <laughs> not this uh, is a lights on, headphones off type of game. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. And then moving on, we had Oddworld Soulstorm. And the Oddworld series, you and I were talking prior to the show, has been around for some time. And this particular version is a 2.9D platformer, whatever the hell that means. And how this differs from a 2.5D isn't yet clear. But players will find out in this ambitious platformer with distinctive with a distinctive aesthetic. The game will give you the choice between combat and pacifism, which is always nice. So you make things a little challenging from each playthrough uh, and to that end you'll be able to control your enemies and make them do your bidding Ooh. or pit them against each other which is also a lot of fun and uh, your actions in the game may also affect the course of the narrative the game will be out on april 6th for ps4 ps5 and it's also coming out on other platforms as well i know for sure it's coming out on pc i just uh, forget the date i'm not sure if it's also in april it just says 2021 on the epic game store so I don't have any information for you on that. But I feel like I also saw during the video that it will keep track of how many lives you save because this is basically the last of this race. And so I think that's going to have an impact on 
uh, your decision making and how you ultimately play. Because let's say, let's just say for funsies that there's 2,000 of these little guys running around and you beat the game and there's like less than 100 left. That's going to be kind of sad. <laughs> and yeah. it might, who knows? It might even impact your ending, uh, to be honest with you. I am the last survivor. Right. <laughs> so I've never played an Odd World game. Uh, this particular one looked remarkable, though. Uh, just watching the, the trailer, I don't know if it's something that I could be good at. Uh, I love platformers, you know, like Rayman or, of course, Mario Brothers. But uh, this one looks way too intense. As opposed to just a ticking clock, I feel like there's a lot of decisions that have to be made uh, pretty quickly on the fly to save this guy, save that guy, save everybody, or save no one except yourself. And that sounds like a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to handle that. I played um, New and Tasty, which was the remake of Abe's Odyssey. I believe. And I played it for a couple hours and you got to know like the aesthetic and just coming up with these weird ass creatures and styles out of nothing is impressive. Uh, For me specifically, I played it for a couple hours and like, all right, I'm not necessarily into this, but this is a franchise that people adore. And anytime there's any mention of any of these characters, people go batshit crazy over it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I uh, never got into it, but it looks impressive. Maybe I'll watch videos of people playing it. Speed runs. <laughs> check a YouTube video of it somewhere. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of uh, I'll catch it on rental <laughs> or that's a rental. <laughs> wait for the red box. Yeah, I'll just wait for the YouTube video like Last of Us 2. <laughs> what a goober. I can't believe I did that. Anyway, uh, moving on, we had uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, and this is a third-person action game with a colorful aesthetic, as we mentioned before. There's a lot of these going around these days. Inspired by East Asian fantasy, you'll take control of a young girl who must draw upon the power of friendly spirits to combat all manner of dangerous monsters. There's combat, platforming, and uh, all the usual skills uh, action games require, so I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Actually, it gave me like a Fable vibe. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, There's something about that, that green, grassy, hilly side type thing that just automatically makes me think of, of Fable. And the the character running, but like her legs can go in any direction, even though the torso is staying forward. Right, right. Totally. Uh, it's a fun little animation. And the game will be out on August 24th for both PS4 and PS5. Yeah, this is a game I'm actually pretty excited for. This looked really good. Um, it's, I think, the second time we've actually seen this, but the first time we've seen it in a much more in-depth look this looks like it could be a really fun title so i'll most i will 100 be keeping my eye on this yeah there you go and then we had another little video for death loop which is a game that just feel like we've been talking about for like two or three years now but <laughs> it'll finally be available on may 21st yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that's the final bethesda game released on a sony console though yeah i'm sure it won't be i, I think I, it would be absurd with the amount of consoles that are in homes it would be absurd to just kill that uh income yeah and when the merger first happened i I think it was todd howard was kind of saying that oh it's going to be on a game by game basis we'll determine how it works out i think we even talked about like the wolfenstein franchise was selling much better on sony consoles versus microsoft ones so it'll probably just be yeah, those games you'll see on it, maybe like future versions of Elder Scrolls or the next 
remaster of Skyrim will be an exclusive right. to a certain console. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that would be nuts. I mean, I think let's just pretend for a second that it was a Microsoft exclusive. It would still come out on PC. Yeah. Most definitely. And that would be crazy. There were a lot of interesting and brutal deaths in this in this Deathloop game. The video is nuts, like picking people up and dropping them off and shooting them a thousand times. I don't know. It looked intense. <laughs> the one thing I still don't have full closure on is how it works. So like if you're playing your game and I'm trying to hunt you down, how necessarily that works? Like, can you just play the whole game and then, oh, cool. One of my friends is randomly dropping in to stop me. You know, is there an AI component where maybe there's someone always out to get me regardless of who's jumping into it? Because I instantly thought of the first Watch Dogs game when you can, if you remember, you can drop into other people's games Mm -hmm. and hack their devices or do whatever the case was. And anytime I got that little notification saying, oh, you're being invaded by so and so, my heart was in my throat. My anxiety was through the roof. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it was nuts. And like the the little radar just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and trying to track them down. Yeah, that's crazy. There's an achievement to to invade someone else's game, too. So I remember doing that. Just to, and I was so scared. I'm like, don't find me, don't find me, don't find me, don't find me. Nobody here but us, but us regular folk just kind (laughs) of cruising through the crowd here. No big deal. Uh, The best one I ever did, I invaded somebody and, you know, those like concrete little barriers that you'll see on like the freeway. They're only about four feet tall. So I literally hid behind one of those to hack the guy and he was running up stairs. It's just funny watching the guy running up the stairs, down the stairs, pushing people around, going across the street a hundred times. Like, wow, I literally didn't have to move. And I got this sucker. <laughs> you are the best. Yeah. So but, I got my trophy. Uh, yeah, no, it works. And it's like it's like three minutes or five minutes. I forget how long it is, but it's it's a duration that is exhausting to say the mm-hmm. least. So what can you do but uh yes may 21st and i believe it is a timed one year console exclusive so in the event that there's still a shortage of ps5s a year from now you can always play it on something else that's nice to know yeah so there you have it and then uh i'll let you talk about one of your favorite games ever <laughs> I love how this narrative just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Like, yes, I love Final Fantasy 7, but anyway, people you people have, think I have Final Fantasy pajamas, you got, I was you got say, the bed that's just like sleeping a on Google or something. <laughs> yeah. Turn my car into a giant ass chocobo. <laughs> uh so the PlayStation or these um excuse me, the Sony State of Play ended with a pretty big Final Fantasy 7 remake announcement. At first, it was a giant sigh of, ah, great, this is exactly what I was expecting it to not be. And then it was, okay, cool, look, new content. So on June 10th, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate will debut and put you in the boots of beloved ninja Yuffie Kisaragi. Uh, Yuffie was an optional character that you can acquire in the original game. This looks like it's going to be a meaty piece of DLC complete with two brand new playable characters and a sub story that we never saw during the original game. This will also get a PlayStation 5 patch to improve graphics, reduce the load times, add more subtle lighting effects. Uh, There's also going to be a photo mode and just a complete re re remake of the original re remake. I think that's where we're at at this point. 
but here's where things get a little complicated. The PlayStation 5 update will be free for those who already own the game. So someone like myself, I have my PlayStation 4 disc sitting on the shelf. I can pop it in. I can get the free update. All good to go. The new episode featuring Yuffie will be a paid DLC. And there was no price point that was revealed for it. So this is where things get kind of complicated. Um, and we'll also talk about this as well briefly. But the one of the games for PlayStation Plus, one of the free titles for March is Final Fantasy VII Remake. That game itself is not applicable for your free PlayStation 5 update. So in other words, you need to have the actual disc on the PlayStation 4 version in front of you. Uh, you can now purchase it for a whopping $70, which includes all this stuff for the PlayStation 5. So if you wanted to just buy a disc outright, you can. But I also feel like I, you had posted that you can get the PlayStation 4 version for like 30 bucks right now yeah. somewhere. So may as well just do Not that. Amazon. There you go. Uh, the other thing I did forgot to mention is you can transfer your save data over to the PlayStation 5. So if you wanted to continue playing what you've got going on over there, you can. Um, Justin, I was half joking, half kidding, half serious, half holy crap. Why did I bring this out into the world when I mentioned I am prepared to pay $300 for the full and complete Final Fantasy VII remake <laughs> you experience? <will. laughs> oh boy, am I going to pay for that? Yeah, no, I'm sure. I, I think that this DLC will probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 25 bucks. Uh, maybe less. Hopefully it's 20, but I don't think it is. It might even be as high as 30, but I don't think it'll be more than that. I think it'd be crazy if it were. But uh, having said that, you know, you did mention you have to have the PS4 disc. I think if you own a digital copy of it, it'll know the difference between the PlayStation Plus version and, you know, the digital copy. You would just probably redownload, I would imagine, on your PS5. So... One thing that's also and what's really interesting about this game is we still don't know how many final installments are going to be of it. Um, assuming it's going to be three versions because the original Final Fantasy seven had three discs. So that kind of makes sense. Now it looks like in between chapters, we might have more side stories. So now a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, there was Vincent, the weird vampire that you can also get as an optional character. We'll probably see more. We'll probably see a side chapter, including that there's all kinds of additional lore that goes into Final Fantasy seven. I mean, this franchise can easily be milked for the next 10, 15 years with all the possibilities. Sure. Uh, what was also kind of funny, though, is not happen. Well, as soon as this presentation was done, Square Enix also said, oh, by the way, we're releasing two mobile games based on the Final Fantasy seven franchise. One of them is like a PUBG Fortnite type free for all shooter. Uh, where you just play like a nameless soldier cadet. And then the other one, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, is literally trying to tell the entire story of this game, all of its movies, all of its side stories in a mobile platform. Uh, it looks charming. It looks fun. If I have to pay $10 for it, I probably will because that's just how dumb and stupid and I am. So take that for what it is. But <laughs> you're going to get the entire Final Fantasy Seven story, the uh, Crisis Core storyline, Dirge of Cerberus, um, Advent Children, literally any Final Fantasy VII property that's ever come out is going to be playable in this one giant complete variation. So while you're waiting for Final Fantasy VII Remake to come out, you can literally play what the game used to look like back in the PlayStation 1 days, but it is up res. It does look nice. Um, it's kind of fun. Check out the trailer. 
it got me pretty excited for it. So yeah, that's a lot of Final Fantasy VII. No, it's not one of my favorite games of all time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, you know, you mentioned that there is a substory that we've never seen before in the original game, and I'm curious if we're going to continue to see a lot more of that and how well received it will be. It might be interesting if down the road, uh, in one of these intergrades, let's say between two and three, that there's one where it's like a Sephiroth one, and you're playing as him. And just kind of seeing like that flip side of where he's at in his journey. That might be kind of interesting. Yeah, it's I mean, obviously the story, the way remake is going, it looks like it's going to be completely different from what people expect or anticipate. Uh, So that has me excited because I'm not just playing the same story that I've experienced over and over again. There's a fresh new take on it. Um, I'm still even though I keep saying that I'm still prepared for spoiler alert, Aerith to like the big one because that's a huge pivotal moment in this game and in this franchise. But this game is definitely build me up, building me up to believe that possibly couldn't happen, right? It can't happen again. <laughs> sure. Oh man. You never know. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be one of the other characters that bites and you're just gonna be like, Oh, this is how they do it. This is how they pull it off. No, I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. I'm just curious. Yeah. When when it's all said and done, let's just fast forward to 2025 or something and (laughs) they have some super mega ultimate edition. That's the complete game and and a really cool statue and all this other stuff. And you've already you've already spent $350. That's my max. (laughs) And then and then you see this, though, and then you're like, oh, I got to have this, too. And then (laughs) and then now you have a six hundred dollar game on your hands. Yeah, that's the interesting part. So I bought I didn't buy the super collector's edition of remake, which had I think that this one had cloud on his motorcycle Mm -hmm. um, as a statue. I got the one that just had the steel bookcase and a few extra goodies to go with it. So there's a possibility I could have like seven or eight steel bookcases when this is all said and done just from this one game. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that one was like 79 or 69 bucks Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, that's a good one to have. So, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, I'll have to. I'll run the numbers when it's all said and done. your seats. <laughs> You'll be my accountant. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be good. I, I I immediately smiled when it started because I was like, "Oh, James is going to be happy." See, it's so funny because they. Sh- it was really just they were showing off Final Fantasy VII remake, and I was like, "Okay, it's a PlayStation Five upgrade version. Like that's kind of cool, and maybe I'll go and replay it again." just to see how it looks on the new hardware, but not instinctively what I was hoping for. I was really pulling for here's remake part two at some point. Then they started off showing uh Yuffie jumping around like, well, this is a little different. This is new and kind of exciting. Then obviously this being its own chapter. And yeah, so I'm excited for it. Looking forward to June 10th when I can get my hands and check this out. Um, but like you had hinted at, this could set an interesting precedent of we have all these different sub chapters uh, to play the game with. So this is going to be a very expensive journey for Stephen. I hope you all will follow me at Stephen K. James as I uh, drown into despair and debt because of this yeah. game. Write it down in your dream journal. It'll be great. We'll follow there you along. Go. Can't wait. 
Uh, on the plus side, we do got a lot of free games coming in March. PlayStation Plus uh, has, as you mentioned, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Again, this will not qualify for the PS5 upgrade. But if you haven't played it yet, now's a good time to get on board so you're all caught up. As well as Farpoint VR and Remnant from the Ashes, excuse me, which is on PS4. And then uh, what is this other game? Maquette on the Maquette. PS5? Yeah. yeah, looks like you got a little city that you're managing and i don't know there was a clown tent or something i didn't quite yeah. <laughs> get to it i'll add it to my library yeah i mean that's four games that's pretty good i mean there was a time when when you got two games for the vita two games for the ps3 <laughs> and two games for the ps4 so uh we're, we're almost back to that sort of fashion so i'll take it and i like the idea that they are bringing in vr games to playstation plus we've talked about that a couple of times where I just feel like it's a missed opportunity. And if you want to build that VR collection, this is definitely the way to do it. Uh, two quick sidebars. One, if Final Fantasy VII Remake continues to be on PlayStation Plus, then you can not be a dummy like me and just wait for that to inevitably come. Uh, secondly, Sony did mention that they are trying to rebuild the PlayStation VR for the PS5. So, right. like you said, this is a great time to start building up that library and um, you know, wait till that new technology comes in. Yeah. Then you're then you're going to be all ready for the future. At least they're not, you know, burying it like the Vita or the PSP upon arrival. I know. I still have those. <laughs> well, I don't have my I don't have my PSP anymore. I gave it to a friend. Never got it back. And then my Vita, though, I still have. And I was looking at it today as I just before I came down the stairs to record this. I was like, oh, my little Vita. <laughs> <laughs> it still looks brand new. I took a really good care of it. But uh, it just doesn't get a lot of love, and that's sad. And then moving on to the Epic Game Store, you have Sunless Sea available until March 4th, which I have downloaded but have not played yet. And then you have War Game Red Dragon available from March 4th to the 11th, and they haven't announced anything else yet, so we'll have to just keep you updated on probably next week's show or the show after that. As for Xbox games with gold, you have Warface Breakout, which is a $20 value. That'll be available all month long, March 1st to the 31st. Then you have Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse. I'm sold already. I don't know what it's about, but I'm sold already. Right? It sounds fun. I like llamas. My my production company in college was Touch a Llama Productions. Who doesn't want to touch a llama? They're amazing. It's a $15 value, and that'll be available March 16th through April 15th because Xbox is complicated. Then you have Metal Slug 3, which will be available March 1st to the 15th, and then Port Royale 3, which is March 16th through the 31st. So there you have it. Four games, different windows, (laughs) but all available in March. My production company in college was called Hot Seat Productions because as my friends and I realized, whoever was in the producer's chair, for whatever reason, just got the brunt of insults and comments like work faster and you suck. So we called it the hot seat. (laughs) It works. Yeah. That works. Man, one time I was in a car that had a hot seat, like the little seat warmers, and I didn't realize that I hit the button. And I was like, it was like the middle of August. So I'm like, God damn, it's a hot day. <laughs> I was like such an idiot. I, I drove for like an hour with this stupid thing on. And I was just like, fuck, it's so hot today. And then I saw the button was switched. My wife has butt warmers and for the driver, a warming uh, steering wheel. Yeah, that's nice. You know, perfect uh, for those. don't need it really here, but 70 degree nice. winters here in Los yeah. Angeles. <laughs> yeah, definitely would have come in handy in Washington. When I was there, but uh, here, not so much. 
There you have it. What a fun little show. Yeah. Well, are you Final Fantasy any- Seven? Definitely yes, not my favorite fun. game, though. Yeah, <laughs> close behind Tactics, maybe. Oh man, if I had a t- my favorite Final Fantasy games are probably Tactics Four Seven. Tactics. Think. What was it? What was the order? Uh, Tactics Four or Two in right. the states for Super Nintendo. That one, and then Seven. All right, that's a fun order. And that's not including all the other ones I played and trying to figure that out. I'm just going top three right there. <laughs> oh, that's fair. This oh. has such a grind uh, for Final Fantasy. Oh, geez. Uh, for me, it would probably be six, which is three here. And then I would say eight because I'm just a weirdo and I like eight and no one can talk me out of it. And then that's it. I don't even need a top three. I just have a top <laughs> two. I'm done. Yeah. It's just I can't. I, I really want to like nine. And I don't, <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> and two, the grind got to me. Like I couldn't, I wanted to keep moving forward, but my character wasn't ready for what lied ahead. And so I kept dying and I got mad. That was my first real experience in grinding was Final Fantasy 2. And I, I wasn't ready yet. My, my, my patience level was not uh, where it needed to be to play a Final Fantasy game the first time I played 2. That's a shame you didn't like nine because that's uh, one I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, I want to enjoy it. I think it's adorable. I love the graphics. I think it looks great. And, you know, I already had a PS2 when it came out. And I was kind of like, oh, Fantasy nine. It's on PS1. <laughs> but but I mean, I got it and I played it for a little while. I put maybe like 10 hours into it, but I just couldn't uh, couldn't mush on. But it is available now on multiple platforms. So maybe I'll give it a Give another go. Yeah, nine is kind of interesting because obviously seven and eight came out and they had more of like a steampunk futuristic style mm-hmm. of era, whereas Final Fantasy was almost always like medieval times in that. And then nine comes out and it goes back to said medieval times. And I know it's kind of like that Call of Duty effect. You know, we spent sure. so many years playing Call of Duty in World War Two, where this was the standard and then Modern Warfare comes out and oh my God, this is so great. And then the second we go back to uh, World War II, we're like, holy crap, I forgot how great this is again. Right. No, I, I, I love the way it looks. I love the characters. I, I the, Like the aesthetic is adorable, especially with like the little night guy that's watching after the girl. And then you have like Vivi, uh, it looks great. But I just, I, Vivi. I will do anything for them. I think I just got really busy with everything. That was kind of a really weird time in college where, you know, where you're just, you have to buckle down. You can't really do anything other than school. (laughs) That was kind of where I was at. So I didn't really get to enjoy it. And then I never revisited. So that'll be, that'll be now that I have this goal where I beat at least a single game every month, I can add it to the list. There you go. If I beat Hitman today, then that'll be three games in February. I'll be excited. I uh, I need someone to come over and just slap me across the face because here I am sitting with all of this new age technology and I decided to replay Ocarina of Time for the <laughs> hundredth time. Sure. <laughs> oh, it's, it feels so good to go into the backlog, dude. I'm not going to lie. Like once I think you, I think the hard part, it's like going to the gym. Like you don't want to go, but then when you're there, you're you just glad you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that the backlog is the same mentality. You just have to just pick a game at random. Maybe even have Courtney do it. Just be like, here, pick out a game and then I'll play it. Do it that way. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like if she does that, it'd be like, no, no, not that one. Don't pick that one. No, no, no. And then I'll yeah, just do that for can't, four can't hours. Look, close your eyes. It's like a pin the tail in the donkey situation. It's like choosing Blind something to watch on Netflix. Around. What do you want to watch? I don't know. Pick something. How about this? No, not that. Like, okay, we, we know what we don't want to watch. <laughs> I know. That's the worst. That's what I'm saying. We got to have the, the picture in picture where you can just have something on that, you know, you love. And then while you're, while it's on the background, you can figure out what you want to watch instead of just looking at menu screens. What I need is an application that decides that recognizes on Disney plus Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, insert any other streaming device or streaming service here as well. It takes all of my saved lists from all those platforms. And I just say, I have no idea what I want to watch. So I hit the button. It spins a wheel and it says, you are watching this and you are not stopping until three episodes have gone by. And, or if it's a movie, you're at least halfway done. And it just locks me into it. Nice. I need something like that because then I can just say, okay, cool. I'm taking a chance. Here we go. Easy peasy. I know that on on game pass on PC, there's a, there's like a, what will you play next? And you can click surprise me. And then it picks the next game for you. It's like a little slot machine kind of thing. And like, I just did it right now. And it says pillars of eternity hero edition install. So like it tells me what to play. Oh, well, if it's on a uh, PC only, that's kind of a problem. Cause the only game pass game I have installed is either dead by daylight or resident evil seven. So, I will save that for the middle of the day. <laughs> Lights on, no headphones. <laughs> yeah, that game is terrifying. Oh, geez. But it'll be fun to get you in the mood for the, the village there. That'll be good. That's true. I did play through the demo, and that actually wasn't too bad um, when it was all said and done. So maybe I should just man up and go do it. play Resident Evil 7. Do it. Maybe that'll be my game for, for March, and then we can talk about it. All right. We'll meet here in a month. Break. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? That's good. Oh, you asked what we were playing this weekend. Yeah, I'm playing Hitman. Sorry. Playing Hitman? Okay. Almost done good. with it. Uh, still grinding away at Final Fantasy Online. And uh, should the time come, I'll just continue playing at uh, Ocarina of Time. Good old Nintendo 64 days. What's the quickest you beat that game? Oh, you know, it's been a while since I've done that i definitely beat the entire game like in a saturday afternoon oh that's like, really good probably started like in the probably started like 11 a.m finished around 8 9 that night so maybe 10 12 hours yeah that's fantastic that's, that's not bad to, at all that's all you know that's obviously trying to accomplish most of everything in the game all the side quests all the items all that fun stuff yeah see i'm a, I'm a fan of anything that's like in the the 10 to 12 hour range. Cause then it's like a weekend game. I can start on Friday and beat it by Sunday and feel really good about it. And so that's where I'm at with dark souls three. You know, I can start on Friday and be done by Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, probably even Saturday night if I push myself, but uh, not that I'm a speed runner by any stretch of the imagination. I just like to get as much as I can. <laughs> that's kind of, I do all the optional bosses and stuff. So it's become like really fun to play for me. It's like a almost like a, a, it's really hard for me to relax. Steven. I'm just not capable. I have like restless leg syndrome. I'm antsy in my pantsy all the goddamn day. But for whatever <laughs> reason, Dark Souls and Dark Souls three 
can kind of, uh, you know, turn me over on my back and rub my belly and make me submissive and I can relax for, you know, 12 hours. So part of the reason I'm replaying Ocarina of Time is I found out there's uh, this thing called the randomizer where you can literally get a version of the game, a PC file, obviously, and it randomizes all of the item locations in the game and you can set different parameters. So (laughs) the one of the easy ones is like the main items in um, the treasure chests inside each dungeon. Those are all randomized except for the keys. So that obviously still allows you to progress through the game. But maybe when you go through the great Deku tree, you get a boomerang instead of a slingshot. So little things like that Uh, all the way up to what is basically called hell mode, which is everything in the entire world is randomized including the entrances. So imagine normally you would go inside like a Hyrule castle and it's Hyrule castle, right? That all little like uh, sneak around to find princess right. Zelda thing. Yeah. This entrance could be the entrance to Ganondorf's boss battle. It's uh. things like that. So I want to remember how to play this game first and foremost. So I can do that. <laughs> right. I think that'd be really fun to play on like Twitch or something. Yeah. That's the key is remembering where everything is because like i know for dark souls i know that there's something in this corner i just forget if i need it for this build or for a different build so it's not mm-hmm. worth my time to, to punish myself if it's a tricky thing so that's part of the key i need to like take notes next time to just remember like avoid like just have melee check or caster check kind of thing to where i just know that if it's in this room it's worth my time if it's not then skip it because i'm always like Fuck, i didn't even need to get this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then there's th- there's games like uh, Knights of the Republic always did this is no matter how many times you played through certain uh, item gathers would randomize what you would get. So like there's times where I would get a full set of Jedi robes on the first planet and I'd be ready to go past that. Other times they wouldn't be until the very end of the game when you see that. stuff. So that was always kind of cool. It's like, all right, you're getting different components, different weapons. It kind of changes how you play the game. Thankfully, things like gathering your lightsaber aspects were very set forward. But I have definitely fallen down the rabbit hole of randomizers with all these different video games. Uh, The most chaotic one I found was a Pokemon randomizer where, you know, you start the game, you pick one of three Pokemon, usually Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, right? So it can be any three Pokemon. And by the way, the movesets that they learn are also randomized. So. Watching people play this, it was chaotic having like, oh, here's a Metapod that knows Solar Beam, Psychic and Flamethrower. And um, I would love to endure that type of chaos for the entertainment of others. Sure. Do that. I'll I'll pay fifty dollars. Beautiful. So only fans content right here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have to beat in 20 minutes with no fans on. Them is the rules. Well, cool. <laughs> well, thank you for introducing me to this whole uh, subculture of randomization. It terrifies me. It should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan. I need a very strict, the by the book, linear adventure. Otherwise, I, I need the fun. Prima strategy guide <laughs> at my lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need my phone ready to look something up and how to do it. Easy peasy. Thank you, all you wonderful YouTube folks that have these amazing guides and exploits. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be possible. I would get zero joy. (laughs) All right.
But uh, there you have it. Well, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Pixelated Podcast. Remember to check out the other podcasts that we have on our little Geek, ne- ne- Geek Legacy Network. Of course, there is the Don't Be Crazy Podcast, hosted by Mr. Zachary Rancourt, talking about what makes a movie absolutely amazing or just a pile of rubbish. And then, of course, you have the Geek Legacy Podcast. Lots of fun with me, Dave, and Randy, talking about everything in the realm of entertainment news. And we just started this whole new segment where we're re-watching Star Trek The Next Generation, and we re- review an episode and it's going to be a weekly thing and it's already exhausting but it's also a lot of fun and uh, I encourage you to check it out and if you're not a fan of Star Trek lucky for you we save it till the very end so you can just kill it at that point if you decide to do so uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Pixelapod at Stephen K. James and at Edgy Armo happy to talk to you about video games and movies and, and fun cute little animals and all kinds of fun activities And uh, you remember to keep those controllers charged and treat all gamers with respect. Thank you so much. Bye.